you have to listen. You can't just start a TV show and then put it out there for the court of public opinion and let people to decide whether it's successful or not. Mm -hmm. But you can do this with a podcast. And I've heard them described as the lower back tattoo of millennials, like everyone <laughs> has one. I was scared the entire time. I was scared to originally share the secret on Instagram. I was scared to do the interview. And then I was really scared to put the interview out there. Nothing about you feels gratuitous. It all feels very, it, it makes me feel better about being myself. If you don't like me, you really know you don't like me. You make that sound very eloquent, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this episode is so exciting to me. It's the first time I have a conversation with someone over the phone, and I'm talking to someone who I've been so intrigued by and interested in for a really long time, and that's Ace Fanning, and he is a photographer. He is a podcaster. He is a great many things, and it's all tied up in this beautiful bow of intention. He's a very intentional person, but he's very inspiring in that he is so unapologetically himself. If you go to his Instagram, if you go to his, if you listen to his podcast, all of which are going to be linked in my show notes, then you will see someone who is so themselves. He's so ace. And that's really inspiring to me because I really struggle with being myself. And so uh, I went about trying to land on this opportunity where we could just talk to each other and I could really dive into the strategy behind being yourself and what does that mean? What does it really feel like to be on the other side of that? Is he as confident as he appears to be online? Uh, even when he's sharing things online about depression, does he have an insecurity about that? Or is that curated itself? So I had all of these probing questions for him. I also wanted to know all about his show, Beyond the Secret, which I just jump on the newest episode immediately when it lands, and you are going to love it too. There are so many reasons to love Beyond the Secret. So listen to this episode, listen to this inside scoop on Ace Fanning, and get to know him, his strategy about how he organizes kind of all of the things that he's doing, and how we wrap it all up nicely in this bow of intention and living intentionally and being an intentional person. Have you done this before? Have you had the tables turned on you and not been the person? Have uh, you been on other shows before? A few times, but it's always been like photography related. Yeah. So like beyond the secret wise, no. Like, and I feel like that's so completely different. Knowing you were going to talk to me, did you listen to my show at all? Or is I listened to the one, the, your most recent one with the, what was it? Uh, pain versus suffering. Did I have a therapist on there? And I told the secret that I, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that I'm a waitress. <laughs> Nobody knows it. That's my big secret at the moment. You know what? Um, we, all have, we all have things. Yeah. So I'm intrigued about you for so many reasons. And I said to Josh, the therapist that I had on my show before. This is like my scam to get free therapy. And right now this is, <laughs> this is my scam to talk to you and force you to be my friend. Um, <laughs> so, um, 
I do have a bunch of talking points and I, I think that I'm going somewhere with this. And I think that we're going to like talk about some stuff that's useful to my listeners. So for those outside of the photography space, because I am a photographer and that's how I discovered you, I want to set the scene for what you usually find when you follow photographers. And that is inspirational stuff, before and afters editing stuff. What else might someone find if they follow a photographer who has a following? A lot of drama. Uh, (laughs) Behind the scenes stuff on shoots. I just think like anyone in the creative field, like we, we all have things that like we've been through. I, I like my wife is someone who doesn't really feel a whole ton. Like she's just very calm and collected and I'm not that way at all. And (laughs) not to say that she's like a cold hearted bitch or anything like that, but she's just, she's not someone who finds meaning in absolutely everything. And I feel like creatives and the people that I surround myself with, I'm like, (laughs) we can get hung up on the tiniest little things. Yeah. I do see. And your wife is called Caitlin. Yes. Is that right? She's in the background. Like when you're in the car or whatever, she's like, Oh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, Ace, you're so extra. <laughs> yeah, so I was a photography blogger when the whole thing started, like 10 years ago. And I became one of those. And I did speaking engagements. And I had, you know, like, just all of that stuff. And, like, book offers and all that stuff. So what people... So, like, there's this new generation of photographers, I think, that needs to happen. And I felt like when I found you, you were one of them. So normally people would find like, just like whatever the photographers are all doing. And then me going, here's my before and here's my after. Now download these presets. And I made loads of money off of people downloading stuff or whatever. But then my photographer friend was like, you have to follow this guy Ace. So I fired up your Instagram. What photographers find when they follow you is you have like a few categories of of like when I try and sift what you do into categories. We have you like spotting people out in public, taking pictures of each other. I'm guessing like they're doing little Instagram shoots and you're voicing them. Yep. What do we call those segments? Like just my, just basically me being a smart ass. I mean, it's my voiceovers, but I'm just, I can't help myself. So um, there's that. Then there's behind the scenes of your shoots, which is what struck me the most. And that is you like maybe photographing like a school kid like we're not talking like a six-year-old but like a high schooler or whatever Mm -hmm. and you're like fuck yeah fuck yeah work it (laughs) um I would love to know how that all goes down (laughs) and then we have you doing your inspirational stuff which is still very like sometimes kind of it's like very real but not like real in the way that faux authenticity or like the people who are like, we just need to be real while they also upload a picture of themselves photoshopped and skinnier than they are. And Like yesterday, in your post yesterday, you were talking about BSing your way through your first kind of like photo shoot and like with this couple and kind of like not really knowing how you were going to make it all happen. So that's that's really the real side that a lot of photographers wouldn't normally share. And so all of that to say that when I discovered you, I just felt like you were super really real. Another thing you do is is just dance like a wild man in front of your camera. I describe you as extra. How would you describe your personality? I would I would much rather be 
described as extra than manic because sometimes I think okay. that I'm manic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, please just don't pick up on that side of me. But um, no, I think extra is a good one. I think that I'm, I think that I'm also just a, a work in progress. Like I'm, I'm trying to work on a lot of different things, especially this year. I'm trying to better myself as like just a human being mm. and, but realizing too that I'm also just fucked up and there's only so much that I can do, you know, in a short period of time. And then sometimes I'm really hard on myself for like not getting better. And then sometimes I just give myself a pass on everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm my own worst enemy. One of the reasons I was really drawn when I just discovered all of that was that I have this limiting beliefs thing. And one of my big limiting beliefs about myself is that I am too much. I want too much. I talk too much. I need too much. I love too much. I'm, you know, like try to do too many things. Um, all of this, I'm too much. And so I kind of find myself like trying to minimize myself or like really have a hard time striking the balance between being too much, which I suppose we could just call extra and not shrinking myself and really believing that the world needs me and I am the way that I am, blah, blah, blah. It seems like you've really embraced this being okay, being larger than life thing. Was that a journey or have you always just been like, I'm here, bitches, deal with it? Or did you ever find yourself wanting to minimize yourself or do you now? And we just don't see that. You just don't see it. It's, it's an everyday thing. It's, I'm I'm constantly in this battle of, you know, wanting to be myself and trying to be as authentic as possible. But also, you know, every like people tell me all the time, they're like, I'll get messages and they're like, oh, my God, you're so brave for being so forthcoming with stuff. And I'm like, first of all, it's not brave. And I don't think that should be a word to describe it because I'm like, Ugh, I'm not. But I wish people could also understand, too, that, like, it's not super easy for me it's easy for me to share certain parts of myself that a lot of people do struggle with like it's easy for me to talk about my struggles and my battle with depression and stuff like that because for me to talk about that is my own version of therapy so Mm. me going out on social media and explaining to people exactly how i'm feeling is that is easy for me but you know sometimes like the dancing or stuff like that is hard for me, not because I'm embarrassed, but because I'm like, what if they don't think it's that funny? Mm. You know, and people, people think I don't do that, but I do hundred percent. Um, and I'm also someone, everyone thinks that it's really easy for me to just get up and meet people and talk to people. And it is so incredibly hard. I Mm. feel like I have I wouldn't say that I have social anxiety, but I would say that I get really fucking nervous anytime I have to meet somebody new or Mm. I'm going to have to go to dinner with somebody that like, I don't really know that well. And I think like, what are we going to talk about? Like, what if we run out of things to talk about and I'm just going to be sitting here and it's going to be awkward. And, you know, (laughs) so people don't think that I think those things and a hundred percent I do all the time. You seem to find a value in, being public about your feelings and saying, Hey, this is going on. I feel this way. It would seem to me that you have somehow escaped being a victim of toxic masculinity. You are quite unique in this whole space in that you're a male because most of the women kind of personal brands online who are so real or like 
the photography space, especially, it's all women. Mm -hmm. uh, and the men seem to be talking about lighting or like, you know, talking to men. I don't feel like they're talking to me. They're... How did you <laughs> kind of like sidestep all of that? Well, so, I mean, part of it, like, and there was a point like where a while back, I wasn't really posting much of like many pictures of myself. And I, it was before stories came out. And I would get messages from people that were people, people would be like, oh my God, girlfriend, I feel everything you're saying. And I was like, <laughs> thing, but I have a penis. <laughs> and so that would happen a lot. Thankfully now stories have come evolved and people can see my face all the time. And I'm just mm. always like, hey, just so you know, I am a male. But the <laughs> other aspect is I grew up with five older sisters and my mom mm. and my dad, and then I have only female cousins, and I really only had female friends growing up. And mm. for me, actually, conversations with men are tough for me to try and navigate, mm -hmm. and I don't like them as much. So I've always been like this. I've always been in tune with my feelings. Do you have, and I know you do because you talked about it, um, uh, what do we call it? Not like being a fraud, but we have a feeling that we are imposters or whatever. Mm -hmm. And a lot of artists experience that. Um, would you call yourself an artist or, I mean, it, is a creative an artist always? Does it always tick both boxes? I, I sometimes have a hard time saying that I'm an artist. I, I, I mm -hmm. feel a lot more comfortable saying I'm a creative, but no, I struggle with imposter syndrome literally every single day, every single time mm -hmm. I pick up a camera. I really? I think especially when it comes to my photography, my style of photography is, it's not what's in right now. It's not like the trend. It's not what people are gravitating towards. Mm. A lot of stuff right now is a little more muted tones and stuff like that. And I like color and I like bright light and, you know, mm. stuff like that. And so there are times where I'm like, oh, just no one appreciates what I'm doing because this isn't really where the trend is at. I remind myself constantly that everyone has their 15 minutes. So every trend has mm. 15 minutes of fame. And so right mm. now that's where the trend is. And I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and keep creating the way that I know how to create and for the things that I like. And eventually the 15 minutes is going to come around to me and yeah. I'm going to have 15 minutes and I'm going to have to realize that those 15 minutes are also going to leave me. And mm. I've tried so hard to go where the trend is. And it's, it's not me, you know, like when back when people did like piss color skies and mm. <laughs> yellow grass and yellow skin and everything was yeah. just yellow. I was like, I tried it. And I was like, I can't like, I can't do this. This isn't how I see things. I see things in color. I don't like mm. black and white photography. Not that I don't appreciate it, but I don't like it in my own work. I like yeah. color. I feel like if photographers are a little bit more art literate, then we would understand the difference between like when we use Photoshop to so greatly alter what's in our photos, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it, you end up being a surrealist. Like, are you trying to be a surrealist photographer? What are you trying to say? Because if you were a painter and you were using paint right now, 
you would be very intentional about why this sky is, what did you say, piss color. Um, <laughs> and I think they just don't know why they're doing what they're doing, which is probably why some photographers maybe find it difficult to call themselves artists because we are in a vast pool of people who maybe are not being responsible or present to or like intentional with the tools that they're using. And why are you doing that? Like, um, Or... What I have found is, are you just trying to do what everyone around you is doing? Yeah. <laughs> because I found like the, in the photography community, someone will, someone new will come out with a new set of presets and everyone will buy it and use it. Mm. And I'm like, how can you just so quickly change? Maybe a lot of creatives don't have the business acumen to understand that if someone goes to a restaurant because it's Italian food and they get there and it's Chinese food, they're going to be pissed off. Yeah. You know, it's like, think about this from a business point of view, they're hiring you. And then all of a sudden you just change what you're doing because someone, you know, that you admire brought out a new set or whatever. Yes. I think maybe it's a lack of understanding about business, but maybe that's why a lot of us feel like, uh, imposters, you know, or frauds, because we, sometimes we act like that and we are, you know, yeah. maybe that's a maybe that's a feeling you should listen to you know i found the less and less i paid attention to any other photographer's work at all the less i felt like an imposter cuz i wasn't being an imposter anymore i i was being an imposter for a while you know i found ah. it that i could copy anybody really well but i did not have my own thing going on if i don't know a photographer on a personal level i cannot follow them because yeah. it it just messes with my head so much not even necessarily in you know, trying to copy them, but just in the comparison game and feeling yeah. like, you know, I'm not good enough because I flood myself with all this amazing work that other people are doing. And so I, that's one thing that I've had to say is I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to follow a bunch of photographers. I'm not going to follow feature accounts because mm -hmm. those really mess with my head. Cause then I'm yes. seeing like 10 different photographers on that one account a day. And I'm like, I can't do it. So, okay, so that's that's your photography side. Shortly after I started following you, you started your podcast. Yes. And what I'm hearing from you is that you consider that to be a separate thing. I do. I mean, I don't think of my photography necessarily as just my business. I think of it as all of me. Mm. Um, and so I still think of Beyond the Secret as all of me, but I just kind of, I've separated those two things a little bit from each other, but they're both still me. Describe the premise for someone who has never listened to your show. So it kind of started out of just curiosity. Like I'm a very nosy person and mm. I had this idea. I went on Instagram and I just asked people, you know, using the question things on stories. I was like, I basically just said like, do you have a secret that not a lot of people know about you or and that, this was on your photography account. Yeah, this is still on the photography account. And so I basically just asked people and I told them, like, listen, I can see your responses. Like, I can see that you're saying it just so you know. But when I share them, they will be completely anonymous. And I just thought it would be an interesting thing. That was it. Like, I just thought, mm -hmm. you know, people would be interested to see some of these things. And what happened was people really opened up. The very first time I did it, People shared with me like huge things. One of the first ones was this lady who said that she prank calls her mother-in-law like once a month. <laughs> and I was just like, that's the fucking funniest thing I've ever heard. But I needed to know more about it. And I was yeah. like, 
why? Like, why do you prank call your mom every day? And so what it started out as is I was just going to upload this to like my IGTV and put them up. And it was like 10 minutes long of her just kind of explaining, you know, why she does it and stuff like that. And because so many people wrote to me and they're like, this is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Why does she do this? And I was so I was like, give the people what they want. I asked her (laughs) and people loved it. Like people are cracking up at it. And I was like, okay, like that was good. And why? Why was she doing it? So she did it because um, she's like, my mother-in-law is a super, super nice person, but she gets on my nerves. And so she says, if I have a bad day, I will just prank call her. And she's like, I've prank called her, like saying that she hit my car and (laughs) that like, it's just like so funny. And she's like my, or one time she prank called and said that she was her, her her mother-in-law was selling a sewing machine and so she pretended to be this person asking questions about the sewing machine but was like asking like super inappropriate questions and she's like my mother-in-law is so nice that like she'll just go along with whatever people are saying and like she's really gullible and it was it was just so funny (laughs) that was the first one and I was like I feel like this could be something bigger and so I reached out to a few of the other people who had shared secrets and one of them was a woman who wrote me that says that her fiance likes to wear her clothes. Yes, I remember that one. And I was like, hey, I have this crazy idea and I am thinking about trying to turn this into a podcast. Would you be open? Or, and even at the time, I don't think it was going to be a podcast. It was still just going to be another Instagram TV video. Mm. But what I found out was that, you know, IGTV can only be 10 minutes long. And I taught this interview ended up being like 45 minutes. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, now what do I do with this? I sat on that interview for almost two months. And I was like, what do I do with this? And finally, I was like, I make it a podcast. And I try to reach out to the other people who wrote things. And it's just kind of grown from there. It was originally kind of just more taboo topics is what I wanted to talk about. And things that, like that one, it was like, you know, my husband wears my clothes. And I didn't really think that there'd be a whole lot of depth to it. And what Mm. I found is because of myself and the fact that I find depth in everything, (laughs) it got pretty deep. And Mm. I don't know if I'm a skilled enough person to be responsible for interviewing these people. Mm. I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to mess their story up. And I'm like, Oh, so now I'm at a point where like, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to take on a little bit heavier topics so your show reminds me of Beautiful Anonymous. Uh, do you know Beautiful Anonymous? No. It was it's it was sh- totally inspired by um, uh, Post Secret. Is Oh, okay. I was going to say, if Beautiful Anonymous had a baby with Post Secret, it would be your show. I mean, your show kind of started really lighthearted and funny, and it's just gotten more and more serious. Is this the, a tone that you're moving toward? Because, for people who have not listened, my favorite episodes... Is tied between my husband has a micro penis, <laughs> and um, I dated a guy with an adult baby fetish. Yeah. And when I tell my friends, listen to this one, and I'm like, in case you need to know what it's about, and then I will describe the adult baby fetish episode to them. <laughs> and just the fact that like the guy had to wear the diapers that made a crinkly sound, and things like that. Um, we're just, I was doing my makeup listening to that and like had to redo my eyeliner or whatever. It just, it's the funniest thing I ever heard. 
but it has gotten more serious. My most recent episode is titled, I Was Almost a School Shooter. And I was so scared to... I was scared the entire time. I was scared to originally share the secret on Instagram. I was scared to do the interview. And then I was really scared to put the interview out there because I'm like, I think people will freak out just at the title. Like people will, their butthole will clench and they will be like, I'm not, I'm I'm done. I'm not listening to this anymore. And I'm like, but if you listen to that episode, oh, the, the fucking insight that this guy offers he he does it in such a good way that like you have to listen and mm. it it is super heavy it's a very heavy episode and to answer your question about you know is everything going to be serious no so next week's either next week's going to be a personal episode where it's not an interview it's me and my wife or it's a topic that is it's going to make you laugh again but it's also very insightful like you're mm. it's it's a topic that i had no idea about and so my goal is that every single week, like, I want to keep you on your toes. I don't want you to yeah. think, like, oh, I had a feeling it was going to be this. I don't want to do mm. 30 episodes of, you know, people who have been struggling with depression. That is a really hard thing to do is find new people and new secrets that who are willing to talk about it. And for yeah, a long that time, willing to talk about it, it must be so frustrating to you when you get a secret that's like, oh, my gosh, I have to do this. But the, the you know, the person's not willing yeah, I have a few secrets, but one is a lady who she has a webcam. Like mm. people pay her to perform on a camera on the internet, sexual acts or whatever. Mm. And she was so willing to do it, like overly willing to do it. Like she was like, I'm excited. Like, yeah. And then she kept ghosting me. Eventually I found out she actually blocked me. And I was like, but every time like she would ghost me, I'd be like, Hey, is everything okay? If you don't want to do it, it's fine. She's like, Oh no, sorry. Something came up and yada, yada, yada. And so that is frustrating. Cause it's like, I want you to share this. Cause I'm super interested. In it. I'm interested in it from just a business standpoint. Like how do people pay you? Like, you just Oh my it- gosh. People make so much money doing that. It's insane. <laughs> and I'm curious, they just like PayPal them and stuff. And, like, how do you get them, like, how do you get clients? And, like, all that stuff is, like, all the stuff that I want to know. And she wasn't willing to share it. And so that is tough for me. And then there's also some people who have shared secrets with me. And the interview doesn't really go the way that I wanted it to. Oh, interesting. And not in a negative way or anything like that. It just wasn't what I was looking for. And so, you know, it's still an hour of my time and it's, I'm like, mm, it's probably not going to make it. And even like the, my most recent episode, the, I was almost a school shooter. I told my wife ahead of time, I'm like, this interview can go one of two ways. It's either going to be really great and insightful. And he's, he had learned from it, or he's going to get on and be like, wish I had done it. I hate those. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh, like, I'm like, if it goes the wrong way, I'm still going to listen to it. And I'm still going to talk to him and I'm still going to try and, help him but i can't share it with people yeah. you know and I, how has it been received oh my god so positive every single thing has been so positive people just like and uh, is my, that because your audience is open-minded though or did you get hate for it um no i think my following is very open-minded so to kind of give you some insight and this is kind of talking about marketing and stuff like that i am a christian And a long time ago in my business, I used to allow my Christianity to be a bigger part of my business and the things that I talked about. And then one day I said something inappropriate 
And this lady wrote to me. You? No way. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And this lady wrote to me and was just like, you talk out of both sides of your mouths. Like, you're a horrible Christian and yada, yada, yada. I don't know. Mm. So I was like, you know what? From that point on, I'm not going to talk about my religion because I'm not willing to open it up to other people to judge me on. And so I was like, I'm not going to do it. And so what I've done since then is I try to push boundaries so that if you don't like me, you really know you don't like me. And if you don't like me, then you won't follow me and you won't be around for the content that I put out. If you don't like me and you come to a session and you find out at the session you don't like me, that's awkward. Yeah. So yeah, I would well, rather you decide ahead of time, hey, I hate yeah. this guy. I hate Ace Manning <laughs> so much. And I'd be like, perfect. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's part of the payoff of being so unapologetically you publicly online. I have two different photography brands and one is very pretty and it's very geared to, to brides and weddings. And I feel like when I show up at the wedding and I'm like, fuck yeah, it's your wedding day. They're like, what just happened? <laughs> and I discovered that I was just... I I either needed to be that whatever I was projecting on my, you know, in my marketing, on my Instagram, on my website, I was like, oh, I better, I better fit that role when I show up because Mm -hmm. I, there's like a real, not, um, it's not congruent, like who I was online. And, you know, that's a lesson I learned a long time ago. I think it makes people at my sessions feel a lot more comfortable. Like every time I go to a session, people always say like, I feel like I already know you. And Mm -hmm. that's what I want. I, I have literally like, when I'm working with little kids and stuff, like I will fake fart, but I will also just rip a big fart at a session and like they laugh and they think it's funny and they're okay with it. Like some people might come to me and be like, that's disgusting. You are just, dis- I'm done, but I don't have to worry about that. You know? Yeah. Cause we've definitely seen you do that kind of stuff in your stories. <laughs> um, so have you had illegal, have you had people like confess to things and been like, um, I need to call the police. Has anything like that happened yet? No, thankfully. This one, so the- Do you have a plan was, for what happens if someone says, I killed my mother-in-law and stuffed her in the closet? No, but I will tell you, part of me is also a little bit scared because I also opened up, I realized that some people weren't willing to share on the platform how I was doing it because mm. I can still see it. And so what I did is I I opened up an even a more anonymous way to share, which is- I have a survey monkey and they can go to the survey monkey and they can submit. And I have no idea who Mm. those people are. One time someone wrote on there that they hope I die. And I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, (laughs) Noted. Um, (laughs) And so I have opened, you know, that door a little bit more, but thankfully, no, no one has ever shared anything that's legal. I did share the, I was almost a school shooter um, secret and a lot of people freaked out right away and mm. I was like because they thought it was a kid probably yes and I was like I was I was trying to explain to them like like I know who this person is and I know that this person is not a threat and mm. but I was just saying like I'm like within three minutes of having it up I had like 20 messages about it and I was like so I just deleted it and mm. so when the episode came out earlier this week most people they had not even seen that secret Listening to that episode was, I felt it was a little bit predictable in that, yeah, he was definitely bullied by other kids. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the most dangerous things going on in school right now is the teachers bullying kids. My high schooler 
had a teacher who used to scream and have such tantrums in class that one time he had a stroke and was taken out in a stretcher. And he called a kid a fat fuck to his face. He used the word retarded. And my son was like, excuse me, like my sister has an intellectual disability. And I really would rather that you didn't use the word retarded. And my son is like super diplomatic and uses all the words, you know. Yeah. And then he just kept using the word retarded. And then my son sent me a video of this guy pushing a, a black kid over in his desk. Like push the desk over while the kid was in it. But you can't show that stuff because if you show the school administration that you have a video that you took anonymously in class, then you get suspended for two weeks. So I'm like, what happens one day when a kid shows up at school with a gun because the teachers were bullying them? The big thing that I really wanted to get across was, you know, like, I feel like everyone focuses on like, oh, be kind to one another and stuff like that. And what I wanted him to do was, reach out and connect with somebody who is in that situation being bullied and be like, listen, because the very, towards the very end of the episode, Mm -hmm. I asked him to, you know, go back in time. And what would you say to yourself? And what would you say to your dad and your mom and the people Mm -hmm. who bullied you and all this stuff? And I feel like that is the most powerful part of the episode, because when we are young, we cannot understand that high school and these people at high school are not the entire world. Mm. Like (laughs) we put so much weight onto who we are in high school and do these people like me? And it's like, I literally don't talk to anybody from high school anymore. Like there's so much more ahead of you Mm. than any of this stuff. And you just have to get through this. Cause the thing is, here's the thing. We're never going to end bullying. It will Mm. always be a part of our society. What we really need to focus energy on is these kids who are receiving it and saying to them, like, you know, you are better than this. You are stronger than this. And this is not the end all be all of everything. Mm. I so wish that when I was going through all the stuff that I went through and when I was struggling and when I was being bullied that I just, I wish that I could have just taken a step back and realized like this fucking kid, like this one kid he got in trouble because he wrote a note about how he was going to stab me. I've looked at his arrest warrants. Like, I'm like, he's, oh I'm doing a lot better in my life than him. Yeah. And it's, not that it's, a, not that it's about that, but you know, I'm, I'm in a much better place now. Mm. And I so wish that we would focus our energy on those kids. So trying to shift gears, um, we've talked about your photography business and we're ta- we've talked about your show. I want to kind of try and swing around and talk about podcasting. Mm-hmm. Were you a podcast consumer before starting one yourself? I love podcast. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> I love podcasts. Like I especially love like true crime podcasts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. So you listen to podcasts. You were into it. I what I love about podcasting is if you have the idea for a TV show, it's just not like the forum is not open. You can't just start a TV show and then put it out there for the court of public opinion and let people to decide whether it's successful or not. Mm-hmm. But you can do this with a podcast. And there are some incredibly creative shows out there. And I've heard them described as the lower back tattoo of millennials, like everyone <laughs> has one. So I want to know, 
what are your thoughts on how does one stand out when they're choosing their show format and their subject matter? How does one stand out? I think, well, I mean, obviously I'm still trying to figure all this out. Like I, like I said, I'm getting around 2000 plays and that number is growing the more that they've been out there, but Mm. 2000 is like the average and that's not amazing. Like that's just okay for right now. And Mm. So, like, I'm still trying to figure all of it out. I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to make it grow and all this stuff. But the tip that I would tell anybody, and it's the exact same tip that I tell people for photography, is if you go into this with a mindset of, well, I'm going to start a podcast, and then people are going to pay me to run ads on my podcast, and I'm going to make money from it. If you go into it like that, I promise you, you will fail. If you go into it with something that you are actually passionate about and not in a self-promotion way like there's a lot of people who start podcasts because they're just trying to become more well-known or whatever and they want to just talk about themselves and hear themselves talk i feel like the true success comes from the people who are actually passionate about something and want to share it with other people i have people all the time tell me they follow me on instagram and they're like i have no intentions of being a photographer or trying to do photography. And I still find myself intrigued by when I do my breakdowns and behind the scenes Mm, of photography. Like I have, they're like, I literally will probably never own an actual camera other than my phone, but I still find it interesting. And I think that's because I'm passionate about it. And so I feel like if you want to start a podcast, you have to think about what are you actually passionate about? Not what do people want to hear? There are just so many formats available out there. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who just started a show and it's just episodes based on people talking about a quote that changed their life. Like they heard a quote and then it inspired action. And this is what happened in my life as a result of taking on this thing I saw online really resonated yeah. with me. And then this happened. I'm like, wow, what an incredible granular, really right down to the nucleus of what is this about? Rather than, and I don't, I don't even have that for this show. So it's kind of stupid for me to be like, you don't have to do this. And I'm just like, I'm just going to talk shit. I'm going (laughs) to talk to people. And sometimes it's just going to be me talking. And I'm just, you know, to me, I guess when I started this show, it was a voice version of blogging and just another way to stretch the legs of pieces of content. If I'm going to write it, I might as well also speak it and record it as a video, blah, blah, blah. I couldn't tell you what my show is about, but I could definitely tell you what your show is about because it's very focused. A lot of people wanted me to do a podcast about photography. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I can't. Like, I can't (laughs) sit here and just talk about photography more than I already do. And I don't make any money off of the podcast at this point. No Mm. one's paying me. There's zero income there. I'm strictly just passionate about talking to these people, getting to know their stories, and then getting to share it with other people and having other people feel touched by their stories. And if I wasn't passionate about about it, this would be a lot of work. It'd be really, really hard. Mm. And so I would tell anyone who's trying to do anything, trying to be self-employed. Self-employed is the hardest thing in the world to do. And if you're not passionate about it, it is even harder. Mm. People are like, oh, I want to start my own business. I want to. And I'm like, don't do it. Like, unless (laughs) you love, let's do love 
admin and love going to the post office and love balancing your accounts and love doing your taxes and because that's what your business is going to be. Yes, all those things are true and all those things suck. You know, I do my checks and balances and I'm like, I get to be with my wife who is, and not in like a corny way, like she literally is my best friend. I'm with her 24 seven. Like if I had a job, (laughs) I think I would be so sad. So I get to be with her all the time and I would hate not to be. And the other Mm -hmm. thing that I do, I I teach, I do workshops, I do mentoring and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And so that obviously is another part of my income. But again, I'm passionate about photography. It's super easy for me to teach about it. I'm obsessed with results. So most of my workshops are about taking people from where they're at and trying to bridge the gap between where they're trying to be with their work and really pushing them. And I get really overly invested in people and the progress that they're making. The workshop that I most recently did, it was called Workshop on Wheels. And what we did is we got in a 15-passenger van and we drove from Phoenix to um, we kind of went up towards LA and then down to Oceanside. And then we came back the route from San Diego and we stopped along the way and we did creative sessions. And the purpose of that workshop was all about pushing people to grow their creativity mm. and see things in a different way. On that workshop, I had challenges. So like you had one minute with the model and you had to create something oh. that you were proud of and it had to be within certain guidelines. And it was like, when you give someone one minute, it it fucking like it lights a fire under their ass mm. and in one minute <laughs> the stuff that these people were creating was better than anything i'd ever seen them create before mm. so the, the thing that i will say though is anytime someone's signing up for a workshop you have to know what is the purpose of that workshop because not every workshop's the same so like what i'm hearing when you describe that and then what i'm hearing when you describe your approach to your show and also your approach to your own persona online is that in the midst of all of this chaos and like at the top of the this conversation, I said, I see you as being so extra. You said it could be described as manic, maybe. <laughs> but in the midst of all of this, what I'm hearing is this one grain, which is intention. And that you, when I said, how do you have a good podcast? How do you do good social media? And now you're talking about your workshop. It's that you have to set a specific intention for what, you are trying to Mm -hmm. what's the intention of this thing yes so it sounds like in the midst of all of the high intensity pumped up-ness of being ace fanning you are good at focusing in on your intention you make that sound very eloquent and i appreciate (laughs) (laughs) you're intentional i am i really not just a loose cannon no and i think sometimes people can perceive me that way. And I think I perceive myself that way sometimes too. But I guess when you really do look at it, I am intentional about everything that I do. Mm. Wow, you! I really like the way you said that. It's kind of like an organized chaos or it's well curated. I always looked at everything that you did and thought, wow, how is how does everything resonate like everything kind of hit me in the same feels, even though it was all so very different, Mm -hmm. you know, looking behind the scenes on your workshops, watching you be you online, 
dancing or, you know, doing voiceovers for strangers or whatever you're doing and then listening to your show. And I guess, I guess the sense that I'm getting there is that I feel safe in all of that, that you, that there's an intention behind everything you're doing. And I'm not just consuming someone being, uh, it's not gratuitous. Nothing about you feels gratuitous. It all feels very, it, it makes me feel better about being myself. Well, thank you. Do you have any secrets you want to share with me? Do I have any secrets <laughs> I want to share with you? Okay, so it's not really a secret. I have talked about this before. and But I do think it's it's a really important thing that I own up to. So I talk a lot about you know my struggle with depression and bullying and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. But mm-hmm. I want everyone to know, too, that I'm not just a victim. I have also bullied people. I have been oh, horrible to people when I was growing up and not making excuses for why I did the things that I do, but I was a very broken person and I was just looking to try and break somebody else. You know, misery loves company. Mm. Uh, I want to always talk about that more because I don't want people to just see me as a victim. I want to own the things that I did in my past and I want to own, you know, that I'm not a perfect person. And I always tell people too, like I'm trying my absolute best to be the best version of myself right now. And sometimes I think that I might come across as saying things like, like when I did the most recent episode of the podcast, I was like, I want you guys to be as open as possible and try not to make an opinion right away. But I'm also someone like I do that all the time. I make snap judgments (laughs) on people around me and things around me. And, you know, but this podcast is an exercise in trying to be better about that. I have done my fair share of awful things to people and mm. that really know. helps to put per, uh, bullies in perspective though because of course you know my mom was always like they're just feel insecure that's why they do that and so I've always seen bullies as people who actually are very sad and mm-hmm. feel so tiny so someone out there could be remembering ace fanning as like I had this bully in school and what they don't realize is that you did that because you were also being bullied I am very certain that there are people out there who probably don't follow me on social media. And if they did, they would say this guy's a crock of shit because Mm. he, he was this person. And I own that. I know that. And I know that I said on this episode, on the last episode that I was almost a school shooter. I said, you know, I've never had someone come to me and apologize for the things that they've done to me, but I've also never done that to anyone that I've heard. Mm. You could probably call me a hypocrite. You could call me whatever, but I promise that I'm working on it. That's so awesome. that's kind of a secret. Yeah, so you don't <laughs> wear diapers or anything. No, nothing that exciting. <laughs> Just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I shave my toes. That's my secret for you. Oh. But the thing is that all women shave their toes, and we all just pretend like we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I feel all lit up now. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. You are such a babe. A reminder that all notes are available at youisalpha.com forward slash podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn as youisalpha. And on Instagram, I'm youalphababe. Now go leave me that review and remember... You is kind, you is smart, you is alpha.